This episode of the Most Best Podcast is brought to you by... Do you have an East European finger skateboard that would be worth loads of money? Go to checkmycheckdeckdeck.com <laughs> At check my <laughs> shit. <laughs> check my check tech deck dot gov. <laughs> Sorry. <I> just <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Most Best Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Williams, and any holes a goal, apart from the void in my soul. <laughs> oh, it's sexy, it's tragic, <laughs> much like our co-host with the most today. <laughs> oh, what a start. <laughs> You've got a lot to live up to, I feel. Uh, in, I was about to say, in me today with the Most Best Studio, with me today in the Most Best Recording Studio, uh, it is my pleasure to introduce co-host with the Mo-host extraordinaire, I hope, Mr. Sam Lloyd. Hello. I'm sexy and tragic. I get that feel from you. If that it's, a, it's a 30%, 70% swing. Sexy <laughs> to tragic. Um, so what, if, you know, jump into the deep questions to start, uh, what has caused such a void in yourself? Oh, uh, you know, just the state, the, everything from the state of things to uh, walking behind someone who's quite slow. Uh, that, that's the whole spectrum. It's just sort of full on existential crisis to sort of thinking, ah, shift it. You know, I fully understand that when you seem uh, like me, quite a tall gentleman, quite uh Oh no, no, no! It's a, it's a. You are sat flat, flattering angle. Uh, yeah, chairs do that. Yeah, you might have a very long <laughs> torso. Uh, I don't know. I was going to say maybe you I'm have sexy, long tragic, and long. <laughs> yes, which please. is just eating up all your words for dice to meet. You. <laughs> oh no! Well, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to end up with one now, aren't I? You can't use sexy, tragic. Or I long. can't. Oh, I've just you know, it's like the board game taboo. Which have you played the board game Taboo? Never played it. No one has. Uh, that's gonna <laughs> that's gonna die. Uh, it's where you have to like the whole thing is like you have to describe things, but you're not allowed to use certain words. So okay. you have to describe surfing, but you're not allowed to use the obviously not the word surfing, but you're not allowed to use the word sea wet uh, board. So yeah, yeah, it's a crap game. Uh, <laughs> but you know what's not a crap game? What's that? Uh, the dice to me oh, no we- I like this this is the first time a co-host of the Mohost has come in and started Mate. I'm going to say it pulling their weight everyone I'm, else have I'm, been I'm slacking I'm trying to truly be the the Mohost the behest I could be he <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you do that in other parts of your life like are you, are you in church and you're like he's the priest with the least <laughs> <laughs> amen yeah uh, just breaths everywhere <laughs> Maybe it's a condition, Sam. Did you think about that? Going on getting deep. So let's, you're calling the shots in this episode. Uh, Let's jump into a lovely game of Dice to Meet You. Dice to Meet You. So as co-host with the Mo-host, clearly you know the rules of Dice to Meet You. So for the besties at home... Uh, lay down what's about to happen in the next three minutes of podcast joy. So for yo, what up, what up, my besties? Be- best, yeah, hello. Um, so you lost the persona pretty quickly on that. <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I, what up, my? Never let me say that. Um, that's that's recorded forever now. Um, so there, this is the first time I'm ever going to roll a, a dice. I nearly said die, then a die. That wouldn't work. Yeah, no, that uh, makes the, sense. A die. Is it? It's one singular die. I thought die was plural. No, dice. We don't have time for that. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to roll a thing with numbers on. Okay, but with twenty sides rather than six sides. I've never played D and D or any kind of. uh, You know, I'm strictly a taboo guy. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to roll a twenty sided dice, and whichever die, uh, uh, die. (laughs) I'm going to. I have to say dice, but without saying the word dice, numbers, or dice. It's taboo again. It's taboo. Um, I'm going to roll a thing with numbers on it. Whatever number is I roll, I have to describe myself for the besties uh, and and anyone else who is listening. Well, uh, they would be besties. Anyone who's listening who's not a fan. uh, I I can't imagine there's many of them. Have you heard the podcast? Well, I'm I'm, I'm a a full full bestie, right? But yeah. You've come in today with your bestie badge on. Yeah, bestie hat, bestie merch, the whole thing. Anyway, I'm taking forever. I have to roll a thing, number come up, 
Me, describe me in that number of words. Perfect, Sam. You nailed it first time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, if you're ready, let's play Dice to Meet You. Two words. Oh, no. And remember, you can't use sexy, tragic, or long. Well, thank... (laughs) I would have only referred... I wouldn't have come up with either of those in 20 words. Two words. Um, Lovable disorder. (laughs) (laughs) Which is also the name of the band we were discussing. I was starting before the microphones went on. I was going to say lovable chaos, but that genuinely sounds too cool. I need uh, Disorder just sounds like one of those awkward... You know, when you say it in a conversation and then you immediately think, oh, I didn't mean to say that word. I meant to say chaos or something cool. Not that you have a disorder, you're disorderly, I'm assuming. You may have a disorder. It's not my place to assume. I I apologize. I don't that I... uh, Saham. No, I I don't. uh, But, like, I I mean the disorder in... I mean in terms of the way I sort of live, write my material. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you know, I'll I'll write my material on a notepad and think, yeah, that's a good order. And then I'll be on stage and my brain will go, nope, this order. Yeah, I can completely understand that one. I, I see yes. how I could have done with a few more words. <laughs> <laughs> I stupidly, uh, not stupidly, I'm very honored to have been asked. Oh. I'm not going to say what podcast then because their episode might not be out. But I've been asked to do a storytelling on a loved podcast in the most best studio land a very good friends of ours uh and i was like don't worry about providing me with anything i can write my own short story oh i have absolutely no idea i sat there for about an hour last night just staring at a blank a4 piece of paper imagine and shitting myself imagine how big a dice would need to be to write a whole story <laughs> i've rolled twenty four thousand eight hundred and six. ah oh, it's gotta be okay let's go <laughs> how big how that just the logistics you've got me thinking now of yeah how, how many sides does that that's pretty much a sphere mate i mean there's no way you're gonna be able to roll a twenty four thousand six hundred and whatever i said unless it was so perfectly balanced that or weighted even that it could <laughs> theoretically end up with a number face up i wonder what the world record is sides of a die for the most sides on a die Look it up. Uh, Off airplane mode. Here we go. Enjoy Uh, that. I I can look it up on the iPad. That's the reason I brought it here. That's all right. Going to race. Uh, Oh, go on. Then Google race. Um, I can't remember my passcode. Shit. Ha ha. No passcode. No security. (laughs) Oh, it is a die as well. All dice are polyhedra, but the D120 or the, the, yeah, is a special variety. Uh, 120 sides. 120 sided die. That's. Incredible. Yeah, that's good. You could do that for like a tweet. Every time you tweet. Oh no, it's, it's 280 now, isn't it? I don't I'm still relatively new to this whole Twitter thing. Are you really? I literally joined it to start doing the podcast. It's basically if if you or any of the besties don't understand Twitter, just uh, it's it's throwing shit at a wall and watching other people get angry at the shit you've thrown <laughs> at a wall. Hey Sam, guess what? What? It's time for Lyria. No way. Whoa. Oh my god. So yeah. what we do in Lyria, the the new favorite game in the Most Best podcast. We, I we eat dodgy looking chicken and we just see you <laughs> just see you last just see you last long. Oh no, that's that's wrong game. Sorry. <laughs> that's the off mic game. <laughs> I have had you as co-host with Mohost prepare five facts about yourself. Any number of which can be false. Uh, you will read the facts. I can ask one question about each, and it is up to me to decipher how many and which ones are complete and utter bullshit. Are you ready? I I was born. Yeah, cool. Uh, <laughs> cool. So I have my five facts. Uh, fact number one: Technically, I have four nipples. Strong start. I think we all agree. It's a strong start. Bit of intrigue. Just got, just got you a couple of subscribers there, mate. There you go. Number two, I had a small role as an extra in Game of Thrones. Number three, I once joined a cricket club for two weeks. I like how I couldn't decide between writing a fortnight or two weeks, so I wrote a two weeks. Like, a two weeks. It's a me, Mario. Um, <laughs> once joined a cricket club for a two weeks. <laughs> 
a two weeks. It's quite it's, sassy, it's isn't like it? It's like the co-host with the mo-host, a two week. You know, <laughs> co-host with the mo-host, a two weeks running, <laughs> and it's like, is he okay? <laughs> is he breathing all right? All right. Fact number four, or is it a fact? Uh, sorry, that's the game. <laughs> um, fact in in quotation marks. Number four. Uh, my grandfather was part of a plot to kill Heinrich Himmler, who was the head of the SS. Yeah. It's yeah. Got spicy now, isn't it? Yeah. Started first, nipples, now we have first, Nazi injury. Pretty sure that's the first Nazi mention you've got on the most best podcast. <laughs> Probably going to be I the really first. Hope, I hope it is. It's going to be the first one that makes it to air, if that helps. <laughs> you might have had to cut some stuff from Larry Morgan's, but... Uh... I had to cut so much from Larry Morgan's. <laughs> Fucking hell. I'm still traumatized by that. I, I may well break, break the record. Um, all I've had to do is read five sentences and it's taken me half an hour. Anyway, um, and finally, fact quotes number five. When I was eight, I won a karaoke competition by singing Robbie Williams. A song by Robbie Williams. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. Just six minutes of you singing the words Robbie Williams. <laughs> it was not a tight competition. <laughs> okay, so I get to ask one singular question. Yes. A question about each fact, quote unquote, as you've uh, yeah. so willingly pointed out. So number one, okay. you technically have four nipples. Yes. Are they all front of torso? Yes. That's a wasted question. <laughs> no. uh, <laughs> in order to qualify um, as a nipple has to be along the milk lines. There are these like lines that run through your body. So... Sorry, you know, I'm just going to really gleefully so write milk lines. So some people book. could have like one somewhere and it, and it just turns out it's a spot, but it kind of looks a bit nipply, but it's not the case. Um, both of mine are very, very small and not noticeable, but they're along the milk lines, technically. Uh, yeah. Very milky boy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sexy, tragic, long, milky boy. <laughs> sexy, tragic cowboy. Can we roll the dice again. <laughs> I'm going to get to 20 one way or another. You had a small role in Game of Thrones. Yes, as an extra. As an extra, of course. I cannot stress small enough, by the way. Um, <laughs> how did you come about this? Oh, it, it was just an opening, open, open casting call for extras. Open and casket call. <gasps> well, That's the name of our band. My character didn't die, but I, that is the name of our band. Open, cas- open oh, casket call. Like that. <laughs> That's cool. I would not have thought of that. And that's why I'm the keyboardist. Um, <laughs> Dude, I'm the bassist. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, that's pretty low on the sexy ladder. But, you know, if I'm going to be sexy and tragic, then I need to be keyboardist. So, what made you leave the cricket team after two weeks? I just, I was just bored. When I was a kid, I did a, I did a lot of sports, a lot of different things, and just trying to find the right one. So, it's, at one point, I was, um, like, in a tennis club, a squash club, a hockey club. Cricket, football, rugby. So at some point, in some degree. But yeah, cricket, I very quickly decided I didn't like. It's understandable. Kind of sucks. It's, it's one of those that's like, you e- you're either massively into it, like really, really into it, or you're just not. I think it's the same with Formula One. Because pe- people like Formula... There's no one who likes Formula One. You either love it, or you can't be asked with it at all. I want to prove you wrong there because you kind of I like am it? a casual okay. Formula One fan only oh. because my dad is one of those fucking loves ah, it people. By so proxy. By proxy, so I grew up with it. But you didn't completely go for it. No, but I can still hold a semi-competent conversation about Formula One. That makes it more than me, mate. I, I'm just like, is Jensen Button still doing the Santander ads? That's basically <laughs> my... That's my... Formula One was was it Jensen Button in the heads and shoulders head head is it head or heads and shoulders? head and shoulders I th- I think it's a is it a double entendre because it's head and shoulders is obviously where dandruff is but also head and shoulders above the rest it's, damn I never put that together <laughs> I, I think I think that's where it is you know Twix yeah twin sticks mate yeah I got that I only recently Mars. No relation. Absolutely no relation. <laughs> I only recently got uh, the name of the Blink-182 album, Take Off Your Pants and Jacket. I, exactly the same. <laughs> I never got it as a kid. There are so many references. And, well, we might talk about like new metal and that kind of era and like Blink-182 era stuff. Um, but I vividly remember watching Kerrang! TV and the, the song, the music video playing was Eat You Alive 
by Limp Bizkit. That's a hell of a song. It is a song that's entirely about very aggressively going down on a woman. And I watched it at 9am whilst eating cereal with my dad. <laughs> <laughs> and he must have been, he, he's got a poker face like a champion because he must have been there like, what the fuck is going on? I'm so sorry. <laughs> dad, if you're listening, firstly, sorry for swearing a lot. And secondly, I'm so sorry for everything you had to watch and listen to. Uh, but it's a banger though. It is uh, a hell of a song. But, uh, I, you, oh but God, you were so, bored of cricket. <laughs> I was, I was bored. I was bored. So, like, whilst there were other sports I really liked, I think it had a sort of like an exclusivity about it. Like the people, the people there were quite. I mean, this is this is not the sport in general. Just that that particular cricket club. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Uh, but I'm glad you like Formula One. That's good. Thanks. And room head head and shoulders. I only remember Joe Hart being in. The, the English goalkeeper. There was a Formula One person. As I say, I'm only a casual fan. I can't remember. It might have been Jensen Button, but I only brought it up because... Possibly. When he, <laughs> Hamilton he doesn't really have much hair, does he? No. He cuts it, he's like, well, oh, no, like I'm pretty a... sure last time I saw he's got like cornrows kind of oh, that thing cool. going Has on. Oh, has he grown it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, as long as I remember. He's, uh, this is how little I know. <laughs> I haven't seen the guy. He always wears a hat as well. So. He's always got a fucking helmet he's on. He's always got a sponsored hat. I really want, <laughs> I want, Give me a sponsored hat. On a hat that says fucking Colgate on it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> anyway, let's right. just say it was Jensen Button. Uh, it okay. really annoys me to the day because the whole advert was him like, amazing. Blah, blah, blah. And there was him stood outside and it's a wind. And he goes, wow, that's bracing. And just <laughs> that one line annoys me to the day. Quick. Dark void in your soul. I get yeah, it, man. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> but yeah, that's what appeals to it. Um, but uh, quick, sh- double shampoo confession. One, <laughs> I really like head and shoulders. I've, I've not had dandruff, but I think it's just it smells really nice uh the second thing is until very recently i thought caffeine shampoo was to help wake you up in the morning <laughs> i can see where you get it was that. i saw an advert for it that was like oh it's the biggest selling product a in shampoo germany. product in germany and i was like they're productive <laughs> like <laughs> that'll be that'll be why so yeah shampoo facts coming at you right talking about productive two more, germans two more questions mate uh how you, do you have an inkling at the moment? I'm going to uh, okay. play my cards okay. close to my chest. Okay. okay. So talking about uh, productive Germans, your granddad was uh, part of a plot yeah. to, assa- was it assassinate Himmler? Yeah, basically be part of like the plot that ended up with him being killed. Yeah. So what went wrong? What went wrong? Uh, I think they were just um, discovered the security was, t- I mean, he's really high up, but. Um, your granddad or Hitler? Himmler. Oh, Himmler, yeah. Oh, my granddad was one of many, many people. That's the thing. They, did, they, it wasn't worth the risk in the end. So my granddad was Polish. Okay. And uh, he was captured and put in the labor camp, and they escaped. And then they thought, well, we've escaped. They don't have record of us anymore. You know, they're not keeping track of us. So it was like a security thing like that. that they thought they could get past it. And they wanted to... Uh, Himmler wasn't so close to Hitler that his death would be mean the end of the war. But it was more like trying to sort of save lives and it would definitely put a dent in the uh yeah, yeah the yeah. Nazi machine as it yeah. were. So it wasn't it wasn't like revenge, but it was like trying to like do what they could for their country. That's a film I would watch. It, w- w- it would be a good film. Genuinely. It's a shame it didn't happen. <laughs> Real shame. So in, in the end he like um when that was cancelled, he emigrated to Britain instead, uh, met my nan and then uh eventually I take it she wasn't your nan at the time? Uh, not yet, <laughs> but she thought one day, one day, you know, li- li- listen, listen, Victor, uh, you're a good lad. Uh, we need to make a grandchild who fluffs his way through a podcast one day. <laughs> <laughs> Doing you proud, granddad. Doing you proud, mate. This one's for Victor. This one's for Victor. And when you were eight, you won a karaoke contest. Uh, yes. Not just singing the words Robbie Williams. What Robbie Williams song did you sing? Supreme. Can you give me a rendition? I can't remember what that was. Do you know what? Like. I cannot remember it, but I know that it's like it samples like a Bond theme or something like that. Um, he got that. No, no, that's the, that's <laughs> Millennium. That's the other Bond one. Um, it's like a love supreme. A love oh supreme. yeah, okay. I just know the chorus ends on it. Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Uh, but yeah, it was. You don't um, sound like you would have won a competition with that rendition. Oh mate, when I before my voice broke. I was I was a little angel, voice of an angel. When it, I was winning, I stealthwards back and forth, mate. I was like, "Yeah, Cal on land, bitch." <laughs> I won once. <laughs> Cal on land, bitch. Wow, that's my new catchphrase. <laughs> I once won a karaoke competition in school. You know, at like the end of uh, term, when you got two, three days when there's trips on, 
Yeah. And like the people who were left in school, the quote unquote poor kids, uh, <laughs> didn't go on the trips, like me. Um, right. There was a karaoke competition, and I was like a sweaty little goth by then. Yeah. And I was like, I'll show these uptight squares. Uh, and I went up and I screamed my way through Ace of Spades by Motorhead. Won the fucking voucher, didn't I? That is, that is such a good song as well because um, I remember there being talent competitions in my school. I re- there was a band that played uh, End of Heartache by Killswitch Engage and they were like singing it. And it's it's like a really well sung song, like Howard, whatever, what's his name, the 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 singer at that time. So he's not the current singer of Killswitch. I want to say Davis, but I know that's wrong. Um, yeah, it's 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 like a Howard Davis might be a shot. Anyway, he's got really nice, like sort of deep voice, and like this guy on stage was singing it really well, and it was like quite nice. It and I was thinking, is he going to go for like the daytime Kerrang version, or is he going to go? And everybody was like, yeah. <laughs> like, screaming the rest of it and you can see people like with lunch boxes booing which is a weird sight <laughs> people like stopping halfway through a baby bell to be like fuck off <laughs> it's weird but yeah so, no th- but like ace of spades and like motorhead in general has that sort of like thing where you don't have to you can sort of like growl your way through it it's still got a tone yeah it was, it was good fun and Smashed now it, mate. and i was known as the what motorhead kid a uh, 10 pound voucher for wh smith what did you spend it on? Thrasher magazine. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, yeah. Um, I was. I'm just glad it's not a calculator that you needed for maths anyway, because that's a bit of a cop out in it. Hell no! I want a skateboarding magazine because yes. I couldn't actually ride a skateboard. So good. So right, let's run them back down. Yeah. Uh, you have four nips on your milk lines. Yep. You went to open. <laughs> <laughs> four nips on your milk lines. No diggity. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you went to an open casting for Game of Thrones. Uh, you quit cricket after two weeks because you were bored. Park life. And again, and <laughs> after eight all the hits. <laughs> uh, your granddad unsuccessfully uh, did not. Unsuccessfully did not kill. He was part Himmler. of a plot. He was part of a plot to kill yes. Himmler. Uh, and you sang "Supreme" by Robbie Williams. Yeah, so obscure, isn't it? Didn't go for like. I mean, rock DJ was big at the time. Yeah. But my brother sang rock DJ, so I couldn't do that one as well. You didn't want to live in a shadow? No. Was he older or younger? I like? fucking won. So. Oh, younger. I, oh, have right. one, I have one older and one younger. Oh, right. I, I thought it was like years before your older brother. Who no, was same day, same competition. Now left school had like him. smashed angels. But Robbie Williams, you're like, I can't do that. Nah, I've got to stick to the rock formula. DJ, mate. Rock DJ. That's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's sexy and tragic. That is a <laughs> sexy and tragic tune. But uh, I went with Supreme. So I'm going to say... Go on. Uh, it, it's really hard. I, I want to hmm. say they're all true. Yeah? I really do. Okay. I mean, it, it is a thing. Am I right in thinking that no one has done all truths or all lies before? Yeah, that's not come up yet. Okay. Well, it's still not the case. <laughs> because one of them is true. Only one of them Only is true. Only one of them is true. Can I guess? Of course you can. Uh, please, please, please tell me it's your nipples. <laughs> <laughs> That was sexy and tragic. (laughs) Please tell me it's your nipples. It's not. Okay. The true fact is I once joined a cricket club for two weeks. (laughs) The most mundane. The most mundane. That was the clue. You you sold them really well. Jesus Christ. uh, Nipples, completely made up. Is that true about the milk (laughs) And also, show me isn't technically a question, so I would have refused. That's a good point. But uh, I had a small role as an extra Game of Thrones, completely made up. Uh, <laughs> I thought, oh, I need, I need to think of a scene. I, I don't watch Game of Thrones. You don't watch Game of Thrones? No, I couldn't get into it. I watched the first two series That's twice, fine. and I just couldn't do it. How annoying do you find people who tell you to watch Game of Thrones then? Because I was I was told to watch Breaking Bad for five years before I watched Breaking Bad. I tend to only watch uh, sitcoms. Oh, what? 20 minutes at a time, turn your mind off. I can't stick with these long, arcing stories. What's your favourite at the moment? I always flit back between, like, my go-tos would be 30 Rock, Community, and It's Always Setting in Philadelphia. I love Community. 30 Rock I haven't even started. Oh, 30 Rock is fucking incredible. But I know I'll really like it. And uh, It's Always Sunny. I've seen, like, (coughs) it's one of those I've seen through a mate, so, like, he'll just put on an episode. Mm. So I haven't seen it in order by any means, but, yeah, I really like it. Um, Yeah, my my granddad was Polish. Okay. Uh, nothing to do with 
nothing to do with it. He did escape a labor camp, but the Fair play? the Heinrich Kimmler thing was so that that was the only one that's like. Well, no, these last two are lies buried in truths. So my granddad was Polish and escaped the labor camp, but uh, no, he didn't want to assassinate. You know, he was, he was lovely and peaceful. <laughs> he just wanted to be not. Just want to be left alone. <laughs> he just wanted to like have a nice garden <laughs> in, in South Wales. Um, and yeah, I I did sing "Supreme" by Robbie Williams, but it wasn't a competition. Just for the lols. It was just like a karaoke night. It was just like a one of these like um, key camp holidays things, like Haven holidays. Okay, where they have like a kids club in the south of France. Smash yeah, it. yeah, that's where I made my performance debut. That's where you got the bug. Yeah, and then realized I couldn't fucking sing, <laughs> so I became a stand-up comedian instead. <laughs> I wonder what percentage of stand-ups are stand-ups because they weren't good enough musicians. Uh, <laughs> for the best things at home, my hand just shot all the way up, and my hand's shooting up to do this. Yeah, high five, sexy tragic. It's time on the Most Best Podcast to play, and people just need to help me come up with the names of these things. I can't do this all myself. Uh, The interview game. Um, Die hard. (laughs) Die hard with an interview segment. Yeah, die hard with a a guest. (laughs) Co-host, I'll have you phone. I'll uh, I'll see myself out. That's fine. Uh, but what we do, instead of me just rambling on the same old boring questions, we leave it to chance. I've written 20 questions about comedy, about your time in comedy, about comedy as a whole. Lush. And you will roll the die, and that will decipher what questions I ask you. So if you're ready, my co-host with Mohost, Saham Lahoyd. Have you put any shit questions in yet? Because every time you ask a question, it's like, oh, this is a really good one. You should I, just I've one. stopped complimenting myself on my own questions, if that's what you're asking. You should just put one awful one in, like, um, oh, so... Um, I don't know. There's a so, lot. The, the 18, 19. I think the worst question you can ask is, are women funny? Yeah, I'm not going to ask that. Yeah, yeah. So you should just put that one. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'll have like a sassy response that will go viral on, on BuzzFeed. BuzzFeed will be like, you won't believe what he said next. I'm going to get cancelled. Can- I'd love to be cancelled. <laughs> five. I think that's five. Or oh, it's an S. Question S. Um,. <laughs> In your time in comedy, yeah, um, I, I don't know how long you've been performing, so you can tell me that, but what have been your highlights? What have been the best parts about uh, living the comedy life, as it were? Lush. My first gig uh, was in January 2011, when I was 17. Um, so I'm a 25-year-old veteran, which is weird. <laughs> it's really, really weird. And yeah, it, it gradually got like, you know, it snowballs, doesn't it? Like You started around the same time as James Dunn. Yes. I remember him telling me. I was I was gonna say he's he's one of the be- like one of the best things about doing comedy. About it is probably the same the one of the best things about doing anything, which is like genuinely the people you meet along the way. I think you just it, meant James, but no, it it is people like James and you know meeting people like yourself and you know all kinds of people. As soon as you're part of a local circuit and then that circuit of people gets bigger and bigger. You you meet people who you might not have otherwise, and they they're just lush, and you, and you just laugh the whole time with comedy, especially if you if you try if you do if you try not to get sort of jaded and you know bored of of other people's comedy. Like I, I still howl at you know other acts, and and it's it's so it's a lot of fun. That's one of the best things. But also recently, I um so the re- the way I got into comedy, honestly, before even when i was 17 my mum went to a comedy night at the glee and there was a poster in the bathroom that was like um it was advertising comedy workshops as part of uh the cardiff comedy festival uh for young age groups so it was like 13 year olds to 18 year olds and i was 16 at the time and my mum saw that and thought i'll tell sam like she she saw it in me um, that I was like a gobby little shit. I say, he's a needy little fucker. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell yeah. Sam. <laughs> you know who has a pathical need, for, pathological need for attention? Sam. Um, <laughs> so she told me about that, and I went, went to that thing, and one one thing led to another, and then you know, do your first gig, and then yeah. So that's what started it off, and then it was a really lovely thing, uh, a lovely moment um, back in February when I was on at the Glee, 
and there were 200 people in and I was, I was so excited and nervous as shit. Yeah. But really, really excited. And like Laura Lex was, um, MC and she's amazing. Like if, if you're listening and you don't know who Laura Lex is, uh, she did live at the Apollo around Christmas. Um, oh, amazing. So, yeah. Go, go watch a clip. She's brilliant and then go see her live. But, uh, yeah, I did the gig. It was really, really fun. It was like one of the most fun gigs ever. Plus I had friends in watching, which meant the world. Uh, and my mum and dad. And then, uh, my mum had taken a picture of the f- of the frame where she saw the poster in in the bathroom, just like oh, you know, years ago I saw I saw a poster in that very spot, and uh, now you're on stage, and I was like, yeah, that's that's amazing. So that that's been by far my favourite thing, and now I'm gonna bloody retire because it doesn't get it's just misery now. <laughs> an absolutely no. gorgeous answer it's i was lush. expecting i opened for blah 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 oh, no, right. it's, it's, but like it's not it's not even about that because like things like that will come and go but just you know it, it's something that i enjoy i'm really proud of like you know be, being able to do it for as long I, f- I feel like i've improved but i've also watched friends improve and you know be amazing and uh yeah, as long as that continues, I'll continue doing stand-up comedy. You are a bloody kind soul. Ah, oh, thanks, mate. <laughs> Do you want to roll for another question? Uh, my real answer, though, is the money. The money. <laughs> Anytime I'm given a tenner for petrol home. Yes, please. I've made a total of, drum roll, please, £41 doing comedy so far. Uh, I have spent hundreds in hosting fees for the podcast. Gonna, yeah, yeah, yeah. 17. This is where we're really starting to scrape the barrel in the questions. Are yep. women funny? <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sam, yes. they are. Yes. If you could travel in time and replace any character in a film with yourself, you would be the character in that film. Who would it be and why? So, with the character. So, you would go to a film that you love and a character that you'd love. And you'd assassinate whoever's playing them, and you'd adopt the role of the character. So I'd get to play them. So you would be in the film. Oh, that's a nice question. That's a nice question. And but but like the time, funny the time travel element makes me think it has to be like a really grand one, like in the past, like it has to be like Citizen Kane or something. Um, God. Uh, see, the the thing is with with films that are like ama- with amazing performances, you want that to stick. Like I think, I think an interesting one would be, with you know, with uh, the Dark Knight. If I played the Joker, <laughs> would that mean that Heath Ledger's life would be saved? Um, that's you know, but then you know, we had the gift that was his performance in that film. So, and it's the same with any other good performance. You d- you don't want to rid the world of that performance. Like you wouldn't attempt to take Michael Winslow's place in Police Academy, for example. No, oh, <laughs> <laughs> no I, I'd be found out pretty pretty quickly um <laughs> i i think i'd want to go back and do a role that i think could have done been done much better or at least would have been a bit of a laugh um so who wasn't very good um i'll tell you what right i would have liked to go to go back in time and play alex Ryder in stormbreaker i've never seen it so it's a dog shit film, right? It's a, it was a series <laughs> of books by Anthony Horowitz for like, you know... Early- like YA novels, young adult. Yeah, yeah, young adult novels based on a kid who's a spy, right? It's like, you know, Harry Potter, kid who's a wizard. And, you know, uh, Alex Ryder is a kid who's also a spy. He's Agent Cody Banks. He's, He's Ag- spy kid. He is, he is Agent Cody Banks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I forgot about that. <laughs> that existing. But it was such a shit... Fi- it was such a weird shit film. Like, Stephen Fry was in it. Do you know, do you know who else was in it? Jimmy Carr. Really? Jimmy Carr had an acting role in... I think it was called... The full title was Alex Ryder Stormbreaker. Do you know why? Because they were going to make it a series for the whole books. For, for the whole series of books. And then he, they made it. And it was like, <laughs> fucking shit. It was part of, it was like really early doors, part of Mickey Rourke's comeback. Oh, yeah. Or it was the depths of his bad year. <laughs> but Mickey Rourke was in it. It was definitely rock bottom for Mickey in, Rourke. In terms of, in terms of the, the casting, I could name a lot of people. There was um, uh, Robbie Coltrane was in it. He's an actor. Ewan McGregor was in it. Like, really good actors. And then Alex Ryder was played by Alex Pettifer, 
who's who's a model slash actor. He was in uh ah uh, what's that strippy film? Strip Magic Mike. Yeah, Magic Mike. I think he was in Magic Mike Two, or he was in both. Anyway, he was. It it was shit. It was such a non. <laughs> it was just a shit nondescript film. So I think it wouldn't take anything away from the world of film, or indeed the world, if I played Alex Ryder. And all that would happen is I got to play a character from a book I read. <laughs> Amazing! What so an that's incredible what, answer. <laughs> what an, what an overly elaborate answer. Do you want to roll for another question? I can't. I can't stress though, Jimmy Carr. Like doing a non-comedy role. Oh, he he plays it straight. Yep, not not a comic role. He, in fact, the character is supposed to be incredibly boring. Amazing. It's mad. It's I can't believe it was made. In fact, that that's possibly a future podcast. Just, <laughs> I I could talk on end about fucking Alex Ryder, <laughs> Stormbreaker, six six. The classic thing of whether you don't know it's a six or a nine. Am I right, guys? Hello, Sam Lloyd on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> See, I feel number six comes up quite often, so can I change it for nine? Just of course, for, of course. For fun's sake. Of course. What, the, what was six? Six is, uh, if you could go I'll back... I'll answer in it t- in two words. <laughs> Excellent. If you could go back in time and give yourself a pep talk before your first ever gig, what would you say in two words? Keep going. Love it. Question nine, on the other hand, okay. is, in the age of Netflix where everyone and their nan has a stand-up special, do you think that strengthens or weakens the idea of... A stand-up special. <clears throat> it's really... In- I really like this question. I'll say it before you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I, oh, I know. A little dig there at my co-host with the mo-host. With the least. Uh, am I the most? You have the... Oh, anyway. Right. Well, I'm, um, the, I'm the host with the most. You're the co-host with the most. So, I think, firstly, watching stand-up not live is interesting anyway. Because I think it's most people's first experience of stand-up. You end up watching stand-up on telly. Uh, in some form before you are old enough to go to a live show. So it's most people's first thing. Um, I think anywhere, the more you watch, but you know, even anyone, I think it's a lot harder to laugh out loud at things. So I think it's, it's much easier to enjoy live comedy. However, I do think that people having specials and stuff is generally a good thing for a few reasons. One, um, it helps people put their name out there, especially American comics. For me, like I, I really love John Mulaney. Oh, John th- Mulaney is one of my all-time favorites, but I I hadn't heard of him until I was recommended a Netflix special, which is which is mad, really, because you look at look at his career and you think, God, this guy's huge. Yeah, he's selling out places, but he's so brilliant, and I keep going back to those specials. Uh, and it's the fact that I keep going back to specials as a, as an inspiration for like, you know, performance joke structure, you know, r- elements of it. Just a quick sidebar: <laughs> Have you seen Spider Man into the Spider Verse? Not yet. You play Spider Ham, Spider Ham slash Peter Porker. It's so good. Two fantastic puns. One go. <laughs> so good. Uh, so I think there's that. Uh, secondly, I think um, the more Netflix specials are made, the less elitist it is. So it used to be, you know, it used to used to have to sell out a tour in order to film it and be considered, you know, a profitable thing to like invest in a film crew and all that shit, right? You know, free tickets for a recording and all that. You know, that was an investment. But because it's like a done thing, I feel like, you know, it's offered to those comics who aren't household names, but they could be. Um, and I also think like services like Next Up allow for the thing of, oh, you could just record your own. Like I've I've thought of like recording a special of my own, not not for the sake of putting on Netflix or making money. It's just, I, I think there's real value in having a record of it. Yeah. Because I think I think what's such a shame each year is, you know, the Edinburgh Fringe, you get the best comedians in the world doing their best hour, but not just an hour of stand-up, like an hour of art. And then it just, you know, unless it's recorded and stuff, they're then, you know, straight away working on the show for the next... <coughs> I'm dying here, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're working on the show for the next year. And unless it's recorded, it's lost. Um, unless it's picked up by, I don't know, Radio 4 for a radio series or Netflix for a Netflix special or for a tour, da, 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 da. you know, unless and unless something like that, that happens or they take an initiative, it's kind of lost to the wind, kind of. Um, and it risks that. I think, you know, John Brooks, for example, um, recording, uh, I can't remember how many he's done now, but I think, the, is it the making of or the, or the one before? But it was put on next up. And, 
it's it's lush that it's on. I think it's I think it's the the making of or Adventures in Limited Space. Anyway, I, I think <laughs> there's a, I think there's far more advantages to disadvantages to it, and I think that as long as people enjoy it, it's it's not damaging to. It may be damaging to expectations of individual comics. Like it may be another sort of parameter to go. Oh, I haven't done that yet, but I think in terms of a cons- as a fan of comedy, I I think there's no better time to be a fan of comedy than right now. Exactly. It's that's how I feel. My feelings towards <clears throat> it because no one ever asks me. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what about you? I'm glad Zach? you are. I'm glad you asked, Sam. Co-host with the. <laughs> just leave it a co-host just co co how do you feel about it i love it because as you, like yourself it was my introduction to stand-up and like you were saying about it introducing you to acts you never heard of john yeah. mulaney yeah. i have kind of a flip reversal because i've always been a massive american comedy nerd yep yeah. um from a young age you know hunting down episodes of like mr show on LimeWire to <laughs> download them and things uh, and when podcasting became a thing, I got really into shows like Comedy Bang Bang, which has loads of great American comedians coming through. Yeah. And it's great now that I live in an age where I can just turn on my TV and there's a preloaded thing on my TV that's just full of all these people's work that it's I've always wicked. looked up to. Oh, do you know what I also love as well? I, I love um, guest spots on things that aren't American chat shows. So a, a big way I started hearing about um, quite a few British comics was, for example, the guest spot on the Saturday edition of Russell Howard's Good News. So that it would it would go out on the Thursday and it would just be Russell Howard's Good News. Russell Howard doing like the the stuff, um, and occasional skits with like you know Steve Williams and his other writers and stuff. But on the Saturday, instead of a half hour show, it would be a forty five minute long show because there would be a fifteen minute spot from like. A, a comedian yeah now, now you look at the people who appeared on that between like i would guess it was it was kind of like 2008 2012 if i had to guess four years <laughs> uh, you, you look at um, you know you know john robbins nick helm sarah pascoe celia Picola, sarah kendall nick helm uh, jo- uh 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 what's his name joel domit that was a big one yeah i was like this guy's really really fun loads of loads of these people appeared on it and for Quite a few of them, you, you can't help but feel like, oh shit, this is this is like, you know, for me again as a comedy fan, I was like, I'm so glad it's brought it to my attention. It's and, there, it's available, and live at the BBC, I want to do another series because in terms of like capturing an Edinburgh show, they've they've done it really well over two series. Um, you've got a Sophie Hagen show on, I think it's Bubble Bubble Wrap. Is it Bubble Wrap or Bubble Gum? I think it's Bubble Wrap. That's on there. Um, one of my favorite comics, Ed- Alex Edelman. Alex Edelman's amazing. He's brilliant. And he's got, and I think it's his show, oh, I can't remember if it's Millennial or a different one, but that's on live at the BBC. Didn't Nish Kuma have one as well? Nish Kuma, oh, he's brilliant. I love Nish Kuma. So, and do you know what? I saw him live. And I was oh, like, really? Holy shit. He's, this guy's a whirlwind. Nice. He's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. Like, he, I, I think we're going to be talking about Nish Kuma in like 20, 30 years time in hindsight as like, that guy was, why did he have to go off the rails? <laughs> No, the opposite. In that he he has such a, I think I think political comedy is the hardest thing to do in comedy, the hardest genre, because you're only um, ever going to get a small section of the audience. Yeah, really. well, whatever whatever you stand for, half the people in front of you disagree with you. So yeah. if you're doing Brexit material, statistically, half the people are going to disagree with you. So you have to water it down. So in order to do it true to yourself and not water it down, but still have an audience laughing at you. Which and the prerequisite of that is them being on side. That's amazing, and um, uh, you know Joe Wells is really good, um, but Nish Nish Kumar in terms of like sort of household names now he's brilliant. Do you want to roll for another one? I want to ask you one que- one question based on that. By the way, okay, no one ever asks you questions. If I had just come in and I told you that I've just got a Netflix account for the first time, what would be the first Netflix stand up special? you recommend to me i recommend this to a lot of people um you may like it because of who's in it but everyone i've recommended it to have turned around to me and gone <coughs> what the fuck have you just made me watch <laughs> uh, have you seen oh hello with john mulaney and nick kroll i've seen clips it's, and it looks brilliant it's just, it's, 
it's incredible. These, these old characters. Yeah, I really want to watch that. Because uh, I found those characters. Because uh, I, mean, I think you did them on like, the I, Crawl I love show. that you've things. gone completely away from stand-up, by the way. I was expecting a stand-up special, but you've gone for like... It was on Broadway, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Because um, like, they did them, uh, the characters on like Crawl Show and loads of podcasts. Once again, going back to Comedy Bang Bang, they yep. used to appear on that a lot. Yep. They remember going on Netflix one day and being like, holy shit, there's an <laughs> Oh Hello Broadway special on Netflix. Um, right. Haha, <laughs> that was uh, nine again. Two. Question two. Feel we've already kind of covered it. What drove you to start comedy? Loving comedy. I think that's pro- that's probably the answer for most comics. Um, Loving comedy and your mum's willingness to nick a flyer <laughs> from a toilet. That, w- that, was, that was a catalyst for actually starting it. But I think in terms of like um, actually wanting to do it, um, I think, uh, you know, I've always been encouraged as a person by my mum and dad to go, like, if, if I want to do something, go for it. And I, that's a really privileged position. And I wish more people were in that position where they're encouraged rather than deterred by people. So <laughs> my parents let me fail art school. Well, that, that's, <laughs> but that's, that's lost though. You, yeah. Yeah. hundred You were allowed to fail at something. Well, I say I, I'm very much of the same camp. I was very yeah. encouraged as a child. Exactly. And I would, I would have been allowed to fail at stand up just like I was allowed to fail at cricket. <laughs> um, but I, th- I think. It was a combination of so because I like stand up. I if I I was program I've been programmed in a way where I see something and I want to I want to do it. Like the 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 best way to communicate things is by doing something. So if I like I don't know if I if I watch a film, I think oh I'm gonna write a film. Yeah, I, I don't do it, but like you know, if I finish a book, I'm like wow, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write that kind of book, and you know, you know, it, it get, there was just something in my head where ideas. Um, were able to be inspired by other ideas, and I think I've I've always always wanted to put my time into something I enjoy. I think that's very important uh, to me to only spend time. It's why I've been bad at jobs in the past because <laughs> I haven't wanted to be there, so I didn't put my effort in. Um, but I I think it's a combination of a lot of things, and I saw stand ups, and I you know. As soon as I saw live stand-up, I kept watching live stand-up and going to gigs. And it started like an internal monologue of like, you know, I'd see something funny. and like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I used to have holidays in France where we drove the whole way instead of, right, uh, you know, going on a plane. So How did you traverse the water? Oh, ferry. Ah, fair enough. We made a ferry out of our car. It was brutal. <laughs> uh, uh, just for continuity sake, we stuck a tiger in there. Grab a massive life of Piper. <laughs> Grab a paddle, kids. Come on. <laughs> I'm encouraging you to swim. We're going to the Dordoin, damp or dry. <laughs> um, but, um, like, we'd go to, like, um, a cer- you know, a- we'd stop to go to the loo during the drive, and it would be like a weird toilet where it's like a drop hole. And I'd be like, that's weird. And I'd, I'd think of, like, you know, in I think comedy is a language, and it's got different accents and dialects. So um, you were making drop all toilets in a French accent, is what you were saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think comedy is a language, and there's different dialects. So there's there's some people who are really good writers, but can't do stand up, and vice versa. And there are some people who are brilliant at all of them. And I wish I was that person um but stand-up just made the most sense it was like you know the 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 path of least resistance in terms of displaying a comedy voice um and as soon as i did it i thought this is really fun yeah so that's how i got into it and obviously the the comedy workshop was great with scott uh shout out scott fitzgerald shout out scott fitzgerald he's a lovely lovely man and he repeatedly tells me how much of a cocky shit i was when i was 17 (laughs) (laughs) I, i can do nothing but agree a game we like to play, the shortest game, as it were, on the Most Best Podcast, uh, is the Celebrity Birthday Game. Okay. Are you aware of the rules of the Celebrity Birthday Game? Do you know what? I can't remember. I can't remember if it's the it's which celebrity shares a birthday with my actual birthday or the date I started stand-up. It's neither. 
Hooray! <laughs> um, today is the 9th of April, 2019. It is. It is a celebrity's birthday. It's many celebrities' birthday, but it's okay. one in particular. Questions, you can make no more than one guess. Okay. What celebrity's birthday is it? Well, I've had a lovely day, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going in. I'm going crazy. Okay. Um, let's go. Mahatma Gandhi. Close. Dennis Quaid. <laughs> <laughs> and for the besties at home i think i've broken my co-host yes oh peas in the pod those two <laughs> um have you, have you seen vantage point with mahatma quaid <laughs> i wanted to talk to you all about the idea of a dumb Right, because I've got this theory. So on the, on the weekend, uh, was it the 9th of April? So on Sunday, the 7th of April, it was the set of FA Cup semi-final between two football teams, one of which I support. And my team lost. And I was in a horrible mood. And I realized how unbelievably dumb that is. And I realized that football is one of my dumbs. So I think... Early on in comedy, a lot of people sort of slag off people. It's like, oh, I can't believe you're watching like The X Factor and Britain's Got Talent. Oh, these, these uh, main and like these scripted reality shows and stuff. But I think everyone has their dumb, and I realised that football's one of mine because I I got upset over a group of players not winning a game I'm bad at. <laughs> the players are from countries I've never been to. Representing a team, Wolverhampton Wanderers, which is a city I'm not from. Yeah, and even like my girlfriend's family, which is the which is why I support. I started supporting Wolverhampton Wanderers. They're not they're not from Wolverhampton. <laughs> and then there's another cup next year. There's more. There's a game next week, and yet my mood was ruined by it. As it really put you in a downer. In real life impact, it has no impact. And yet it felt surreal. And I think that that's that's both lovely and dumb at the same time. Because so, it makes the celebration. So like what what do you think is your like dumb? I've got many, and I totally feel you <laughs> in terms of unrelated things that have absolutely no actual real life impact yeah. on me, really just throwing me. Uh I'm going to admit this on the podcast. This is one of my defining, proudest moments as a, as a 29-year-old man. I once walked into a comic shop. End of story. Uh, no, I once walked into a comic shop. With an Englishman, an Irishman, and a Scotsman? Uh, maybe. That's the story. That, that is a story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I once walked into a comic shop and looking around, perusing the wares, and I turned around and there was a special edition cover version of the death of spider-man okay the cover was all white it was clearly the pearly gates walking into the light was peter parker spider-man outfit but mask off head down next to him was uncle ben arm round him in a white suit looking him lovingly and just saying you did good kid I burst into tears in the middle of this comic shop i shit you not i looked at it just went this is what I mean, right? So that that is completely fictional. Like Uncle Ben never existed, Peter Parker never existed, and yet there is validity in how you feel. That's that, I think that's lush. I, I that's genuinely I, like it blindsided me because it reminds you of what is real, doesn't it? It reminds you of like the relationships between you, you know me and my dead uncle. <laughs> what? Do you actually, no, I was gonna, <laughs> but no, like between family members. You, yeah, it, it brings home that. So. But, you know, on the surface, on the very, very surface, like, you know, comic books are made up and they're cartoons and they're, you know. But so it's I, also, because um, I can imagine you followed football your entire life. No. No. Do you know what? This is a thing. So um, my my family is a, is a rugby family and I've, I've passionately like supported Wales and I always will support Wales very loudly and drunkly. You've got a really intense look in your eyes when you say, I, I always. That's because I have vivid memories of us losing to South Africa in the quarterfinal of the uh, 2015 World Cup. And I, I just had my head buried in my hands for 20 minutes. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> no! Um, so, but with, with 
with football. It was always something I'm like, I can't watch this stuff. But then um, I met my girlfriend, met a family. They took me to a football game. I didn't really have a club at that point. Went to Wolverhampton Wanderers versus, ironically, Cardiff City. And I just really liked the vibe of the place. And, you know, it's a club with massive history, lovely people. I think um, the black country is like, you know, I describe it as England's Wales. <laughs> because it's it's got, like, real community spirit, good people, you know, green rolling hills, industrial background, and a funny accent. <laughs> so it's basically their Wales, right? So, it you know, and so that sort of sparked it. So I was like, oh, I was going to support it. And if I commit something, I'm actually going to commit to it. There's no there's no point otherwise. I'm not going to be... So, um, you know, that's when the mood started changing based on football results. And, uh, you know, both, you know, elated. And it got gradually more and more and more. And, you know, now I'm like... You know, I'm the first person to text like, "Have you seen the result?" You know, how long have you been a football fan? Um, I was, I would say, so that season was 2014, 15. So August 2014. This has been a few I've years. Been, it's I've not been like proper. So I've always, I've always liked sport, but I think in terms of actually, you know, being able to call myself a fan, um, I wouldn't dare say before then because that would be disingenuous. And I think you know, you, you see interviews with fans outside grounds. When like if if a small team or relatively small team and small in inverted brackets, um, yeah, you got to remember this doesn't. If it, <laughs> I'm if, doing the same, but I'm doing finger yeah. quotes doesn't show if, up. If, on if the a podcast. team without a shitload of money does something amazing, you always hear from these these lovely sweet old fans going, "I've been a you know I've been a season ticket holder since I was eight, and I've waited six years, and like you know I'm not going to pretend to be anywhere near <laughs> that level because that's amazing." Um, but yeah, I th- I think that you know my my point in general is I think there's um I think there's validity in sort of the things we class as dumb sometimes um, entirely. I, I'm not in, and any I think every, way. everyone has one, and everyone's everyone's allowed one, even if it is like me and Chelsea, which personally I I think is like it's just really boring. Yeah, but it it res- it resonates with people. Well, I say I'm in no way a sports fan. Yeah. Uh, I I think my dumb is wrestling a sport. Are you into wrestling? I know, I like I impression. seem. I was going to say I know I seem like but I you seem like be. into Game of Thrones. You're a hard one to read. I I like to keep it, uh, you know, keep it chopping and changing. Chopping I, and changing. Everyone yeah. knows I'm a nerd. They just don't know what one. Ha ha! Horrorville nerd. Uh, I think that might be my dumb. Uh, Horror cause, films. Because genuinely, I watch a lot of films. I've I've always loved movies, yeah. cinematography. But if I'm really looking forward to a film, yeah. any film, okay. a Marvel film, for example, and it's not up to par, I'm like, ah, oh, that was kind of disappointing. If I'm really psyched on a horror film and I watch it and it isn't everything that it's made up to be, I take it personally. <laughs> like, why, why would you make that film so bad? Yeah. I'm not going to name names. Um, but it, it so affects you, doesn't it? It, it genuinely does. And, you know, you'll be sort of huffing and puffing and someone will, it'll be the moment where someone will ask you, oh, what's wrong? You seem really down. And they're going at it with the impression of, oh, they've just had a pet die. Or, <laughs> you know, something significant. Like that. And you've just got to go, oh, it was a film I really wanted to be good and shit. Or, well, we lost 2-1. You know. But it's not always a negative. I, my favorite horror franchise of all time is the Evil Dead films. I've been obsessed with them since, like, they were one of the Fun first- fact, the Evil Dead is, I think, technically, the only horror film I've ever seen. Oh, I will educate you. Uh, but the... Obviously, they had the old Evil Dead films, the uh, the eighties, nineties versions, and then they did the remake a good few years back now. Yeah, and the flip opposite. I was really nervous going into seeing it. I was like, "What have they done? My baby, my child, my reason for living." Yeah, and I walked out of that cinema. It's uh, the only feeling I can describe it uh, is like having sixteen orgasms at the same <laughs> time. I was like, "That was amazing." Like, they could not which have captured Which is sexy it. and tragic. Which is sexy and tragic. Uh, much like, by the sound of things, both of our lives. <laughs> Sam, it's been an absolute goddamn pleasure having you in the Most Best Studio. It's We've been... had to forego Captain Chris's big questions just because the conversation hasn't died oh the gosh. entire time. Oh my God. Uh, Chris, if you're listening this far in the episode, fuck you. You've Shall been I on do... every other episode. Shall I do it in two words again? Uh, all right. Unless it's like existential. <laughs> it's like, what's the meaning of life? Oh, I have to be like, Cheese, 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 cheese. Uh, okay, we'll finish on a right. very quick Captain really Chris's quick. big Sorry, question. I'm really overrun. Two word answer. Okay. Um, what conspiracy theory do you hope is true? 
Ha-ha! <laughs> um, Queen Lizard. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Sam, where can people get more of uh, the, the, the majesty that is Sam Lloyd? Oh, you've, you've been very nice. And I, I've been... I'm Sorry I've talked so much at everyone, guys. I mean, it's a podcast. I, a I'd podcast. be more pissed off if you turned up and said nothing. Yeah, yeah but like pe- people I know are going to be like, oh, Sam was on the podcast, and they'll have gone 20 minutes in. Pops. <laughs> um, hey, that still counts as a listen. So. Yeah, oh, good. As long as you get the revenue. Um, guys, uh, I, am, I am on Twitter, at HelloSamLloyd, and I'm... The, I, I'm my name currently is Childish Sambino, but that could that could change. I don't think it should. I love that. When we run the rugby, I changed it to Grand Sam. Grand Sam. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's a it's a very punnable name. But yeah, hello Sam Lloyd. And if you're based in Cardiff, I run a comedy night in Little Man Coffee at the moment. But, oh, amazing! Uh, yeah, and that's um, there's like a yeah, oh, just Google it, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And also, you have a lovely day, listener. You have a bloody lovely day. Buy yourself some inducts. I burped during that. <laughs> Did you say buy yourself something ducks? Something nice. This, <laughs> this was the that was the problem with the burp. Buy yourself something nice. Oh, lovely! If you would like uh, something lovely for your ear holes, you can get the most best podcast on Stitcher, Acast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, LinkedIn, Tumblr, Habbo Hotel. Yeah, um, podcasts. I'm pretty are on, sure it's on yeah. CFAX nowadays. Anywhere you want it, you can get it. Uh, we are on all the major social medias at Most Best Podcast. And just because Sam has inspired me, get out and support local comedy. Yeah. There's so much going on that you're unaware of. Oh, it's you amazing. just have to fucking look for it. And if you if you meet Zach, give him a big old hug because he's lovely. And lonely. And uh, yeah. Sexy and tragic. He likes horror films, what a loser. <laughs> Honestly, I'm my, sorry, <laughs> dude. My fiance's gone for the night. I'm making myself steak and chips and watching a horror film. That's, oh, that's my wicked. evening. It's <laughs> wicked. Excellent, Sam. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs>